Kia ora e welcome. Uh, it's good to, to engage in the scriptures again together. And I have a question for you right at the outset, and it's this. What things are you carrying with you into this year? Um, a few years ago, I was training, uh, teaching a few people to, to teach, to communicate. And one of the ways we think about that is to make sure you are communicating one big idea. And so to illustrate that, I got my friend Josh up and I said to him, and, um, I said, Josh, I'd like you to carry some things. And so I, I got a bunch of stuff out of the youth cupboard, you know, basketball, football, cricket bat, things like that. And I began to load him up, knowing that at some point he was going to drop it all. Well, it couldn't have gone any better. Not only did he drop everything, but he dropped it across the table on the tea and coffee and it went everywhere. The example could not have gone any better. You see, the risk is that in trying to communicate too many things, people um, aren't able to retain any of it. And so in trying to carry many things, there is a risk we end up carrying none. And so I wonder what you're carrying into this year. You know, maybe today you're carrying just a whole bunch of concerns, maybe in your own life or maybe as you look across the world. You know, what priorities do you have? Maybe you've got so many priorities, you don't know where to start or there are conflicting priorities. And so you're sort of being pulled in different directions. Maybe you've got goals, like so many goals, like so many things you want to achieve this year and go after. And we need to think about this idea of carrying too many things, you know, with uh, and the importance of carrying just one. See, what if we could just carry one thing? We wouldn't drop it, would we? We'd, 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 we'd know that we've got it in our hands. And I want to suggest that if we can pursue just one thing, one priority, have one concern, I think every other concern, every other priority, every other goal will be informed by that one thing and shaped by that one thing and improved by that one thing. I want to suggest that we should be concerned. Our one thing to be concerned about is to be concerned about the presence of God. One thing that we should pursue is to pursue the presence of God. And so with that in mind, we're going to turn to Psalm 84 today because it talks, it's the psalm of somebody pursuing the presence of God. I want you to see three things that come out of it, three results, three blessings that come out of somebody who is willing to prioritize the presence of God. Let's read it together. It says this, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty, listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. 
Oh God, as we come to your word, as we explore Psalm 84 today, God, I pray that you teach us and help us to experience the blessing of pursuing this one thing. And so help us as we open your word right now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing I want you to see is this, that those who pursue the presence of God are ever praising. Notice the psalm, it says, how lovely is your dwelling place. The the, the presence of God is inherently lovely. It is a great place to be. And the psalmist talks about it. He says, he's, he's thinking about the presence of God that dwells in the temple in Jerusalem. He's away from it, but he longs to be there. And he says, my, my heart and my flesh cry out. Notice it's not a, just a spiritual desire. His whole being, heart and flesh, inside and outside is craving the presence of God. He's envious of the sparrow, envious of the swallow. These are birds that probably nested in the eaves in the roof of the temple. And he's like, I'm envious of the sparrow because the sparrow right now is nesting near the presence of God and I'm away and I long to be there. You might say, this is not me today. I don't, I'm, I'm not like that. But actually, I want to suggest that it's true of every single one of us. You see, you and I were created by God. Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in the human heart. There is something in every single human being that longs for something beyond the here and now. A recent survey by the Wilberforce Foundation revealed that 81%, more than four in five Kiwis, four in five New Zealanders have some level of spiritual belief. Now, I'm not saying we're, not, we're a religious nation. That doesn't mean those people are religious, but neither are we secular. We are a nation longing for God. And it's shown in the fact that we love to worship. Um, this is a photo that Jenny took this year. We were queuing for the inter-islander ferry to go down to the South Island. Where it's like early ferry, you know, 5.30 a.m. queue. And all of a sudden I watched as people began to get out of their cars and take photos of this scene as the sun comes up. Why? Because we love to be wowed. We love to stand in awe. We love to adore. And when the sun comes up, doesn't it look incredible? And so we love to get in a space where we can see it and look at it because we love to be wowed. There is something in us that loves to be wowed, loves to adore. And to come into the presence of God is to encounter the one who is truly transcendent, is to have the most ultimate wow moment. Psalm 27 verse 4, King David says it. He didn't write this psalm, but he wrote Psalm 27. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord, one thing, this alone do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why? To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. See, to stand in the presence of God is to have that ultimate transcendent experience, not to be just wowed by a sunrise like this, but to be wowed by the one who who created this sunrise and, and, and imagined a world and a universe set up to create a sunrise just like this. To stand in his presence is to stand in awe of him. No wonder the psalmist in the psalm we're looking at today says, those who dwell in your house are ever praising you. Because they get to gaze at God. And every new thing you see of God is another reason to stand amazed. Another reason to say, I love you, Lord. You're incredible, Lord. You're beautiful, Lord. You are amazing, Lord. You know, I wonder how we're going. What, are the, what is the thing that you are ever doing? Are you ever worrying? 
Are you ever critical? I know when I'm not in a good space, when I'm not standing in awe of God, when I'm not making time to do that, I can be such a critical person in my, in my attitude, in my thought life. It's not a present, pleasant place to be. Place to be. I said price. Price doesn't exist. Place to be. Are you ever critical? Ever worrying? Ever striving? Ever thinking about looks, thinking about wealth, thinking about popularity, thinking about all the things that you've got to do? What's it like to be in your head and your heart right now? Those who prioritize the presence of God are people who are ever praising. And every other thought and attitude and behavior and word and perspective on life is informed by our ever praising attitude. Here's the second thing. Those who prioritize the pleasant presence of God uh, go from strength to strength. This writer is away from Jerusalem and he longs to go on a pilgrimage. He sets his heart to be in God's presence. And so he sets his heart to go on a pilgrimage to get there. But as we explored it earlier, as we read that, we realized this isn't an ordinary journey like on Google Maps. No, this is a journey that needs to be strengthened by God. This is a journey that's going to take him through the Valley of Baca, like a place that is inherently barren, a dry place. But yet, as he, as he finds his strength in God for that journey, it's a journey that he's going to go from strength to strength until he appears before God in Zion. It's a journey that reminds us of our journey as followers of Jesus. You know, if, you're, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, your journey is towards the presence of God. Your journey is towards a moment where you're going to see Jesus fully and finally and be with him forever. It's a journey to the presence of God. And yet it's a difficult journey, isn't it? It's a difficult journey, isn't it? It's a journey that we need the empowering and enabling of God. And this is where the rubber hits the road. Like In the first part of the psalm, we talked about, you know, standing in the presence of God and being in awe. And yet this part of the psalm takes us not to the mountaintop, but to the valley. It's where the rubber hits the road. And it's important for us to think about that because you might have goals, you might be excited about this year. And yet for some of us, maybe many of us, this is going to be a really tricky year. Maybe there's something just around the corner right now that's about to confront you that's going to change everything. Even just as a country, if you think about it, Think about the the financial challenges we have. Think about the cultural and the social challenges we have going on right now. Just before Christmas, there were three different protests on the same day about Parliament. Three different protests on the same day. There are things that are coming our way that we would not choose. But these verses remind us that our circumstances do not have to dictate our experience. Like if you were together last year, remember Karen Bain, she, she talked about the desperate situation they've been in for the last three years as they watched one of their boys go through awful sickness and be in intensive care and things like that. And yet what she testified to was that in her most desperate place, as she cried out to God, the way she experienced God's presence was incredible. You see, there was a, you know, as the psalm says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The idea is that as the rain comes in that space, green shoots begin to grow up. And in a desperate place, Karen found something of the presence of God. She found green shoots of life in a situation that you would never expect to find it. I can testify that to that too in my life. 
You know, there's a way you can enjoy God and experience God in good times. But you know, when you go through suffering, when you go through trials, when you go through difficulties, when you don't have the strength in yourself and you have to come to a place of relying on God, God uses those moments to produce the greatest fruit in our life, making us more like himself. You know, we don't become more like Jesus in spite of the desert. I want to suggest that we actually um, become more like Jesus because of the desert. Because God, what God is able to do with us and in us in that place. But it comes because we've set our hearts on pilgrimage. We've set our hearts to pursue the presence of God so that when we go through those difficult times, God is able to produce fruit in your life, not in spite of, but actually because of those situations and because we've chosen to pursue His presence. So we're ever praising. We go from strength to strength. But finally, that there's no good thing, it says, does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And so there's there's those two things. But the third thing is that every good thing is unleashed into our life. The psalmist says, better is, he uses this example, do you remember? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Think of all the things you could do in a thousand days, anywhere else, all the things you could go after, all the things you could accomplish. But this guy knows to be in God's presence just for one day alone, that is better. Why? Because his presence is a place of blessing. You know, we love self-made stories. We love the sort of people who, who they had nothing and they've built up this incredible business. They've built up this incredible empire. They've built up this incredible wealth. And yet all of that stuff could go in a moment, no matter how successful. But look at the contrast. The person in the presence of God is not self-made. No, they receive so much from God. They receive so much good. Look at this. For the Lord is God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Look at that again. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The sun speaks of heat. It speaks of light. It speaks of the life that comes on the earth because the sun is shining. The sun is a picture of God's provision. The shield is a sign of God's protection. And when you bring those two things together, provision and protection, it actually speaks of a world made right. It's this idea of shalom, this idea of peace, this idea of wholeness and completeness. And not only that, we have the Lord bestows favor, favor that to be favored by God is to be accepted by him, to belong to him and honor is to be celebrated by him. And so far from trying to be self-made, trying to strive for everything ourselves, no, those who pursue the presence of God who are those who receive all of these things from God. And then we find these are just examples because then you come to the next bit, no good thing. It's not only just those four things, protection and provision and, and being honored and being favored. No, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. He finishes, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. When we prioritize the presence of God, we become people that God can unleash every good thing in our lives. This is not prosperity. I'm not saying you're going to be rich. I'm not going to say you're not going to go through the valley. I'm saying that to be blessed with his presence and everything that flows from that is to be blessed with every good thing. And can I suggest it gets even better than that? 
Because in Psalm 84, what this guy is doing is he's longing to be in the presence of God. He's longing to go to the temple, but there's no evidence that this guy is a priest. There's no evidence that this guy actually got to go into the temple. He's just wanting to be near the temple where where God's presence sort of dwells over the wall within the building. But when Jesus came, he removed all of the restrictions for us. He removed those barriers. And not only that, when we believe in him, he removes the sin that separates us from God such that we get to go not just to the temple and stand outside, but actually we get to go into the presence of God. And it's even better than that still, because when you believe in Jesus and your sin is removed, the spirit of God, the very power and presence of God comes to dwell in your life. It means the presence of God that the psalmist longed for and ached for is the presence that you and I never have to leave. He is in us and with us forever. And so I want to challenge us to be people, as we think about pursuing the presence of God, I want to be, challenge us to be people who practice the presence of God. And this might be real new to you, but I want to just show you a couple of things in my life that I use to pursue, to practice the presence of God. The first thing is prayer. And I know for some of us, prayer might feel like an obligation or your perception of prayer might be, I'm just going through a list of things. I want to suggest that actually prayer is about enjoying the presence of God who dwells in me. Look at this quote from Pete Gregg, who wrote a book called Dirty Glory. He's the founder of 24-7 Prayer. He wrote this, I don't pray because I'm into prayer. I pray because I'm into Jesus. And so we talk. I don't believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of Jesus. And so I ask for his help a lot. Prayer is about enjoying the presence of Jesus, who through his spirit has taken up residence in his life. For me, it means going for a walk in the morning early. And, um, you know, when I've gone through some of the hardest times in my life, this has been the most precious like half an hour of my day. And um, for me, often as I leave the house and I begin that walk, what comes to mind is a song, a worship song, and I begin to sing quietly. Obviously, it's early in the morning and sometimes somebody comes around the corner and surprises me and, and they hear me singing and they look at me a bit weirdly. But anyway, and, and, and I begin to worship and just enjoy His presence, just me and Him. Nobody's watching, nobody's looking. And then, and again, this might be new for you, but just a simple way that I I think about structuring my time of prayer is to think about the Lord's Prayer that you find in Matthew 6. You know, um, our Father who who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It begins in worship. Lord, I want you to be famous. Lord, I want you to be honored. Lord, I want you to be, be high and lifted up in this city. Lord, I want you to be honored in my life. I want you to be honored in my family. And, and it takes you through worship and it takes you through the greatest prayer that, that the kingdom of God would come on the earth. And then it takes you through needs, like give us today our daily bread. And I begin to say, God, you know the things I need. Lord, I, Lord in our finances, Lord, in the wisdom I need, Lord, in, in parenting, Lord, in my marriage, Lord, in my work, Lord, I need you. Lord, give me today everything I need. Can you see how it's a prayer that just takes you through intimately, uh, giving all of my life and every aspect of it to him? And so that can be just a simple way of practicing the presence of God. Another way I think about it, and I'm, uh, I'm trying this at the moment, is to practice silence. So much noise in the world. And silence is just such a gift. And for me, it's just real simple. I just sit on the couch, I set a timer on my watch for 10 minutes, and I just start simply by this. I open my hands, I say, come Holy Spirit. 
man, it's hard to focus, but just trying to remove all of the distractions and other thoughts and concerns and just focus on God. Say, come, Holy Spirit. And where I found that so helpful is things like, as I've thought about the conflict and the wars and the, the problems in our world that just feel so big. When I come to that place of silence, one of the things the Spirit of God just reminded of me, me of is another psalm that says, be still and know that I am God. That as I am doing nothing, as I am not saying anything, as I am not striving for anything, I'm, I'm reminded that God is sovereign and never sleep never tired. He is attending to those things. He is bringing human history to a predetermined conclusion. He is coming again to rule and reign. And I come to a simple place of trust in him again. Just this week, as I was, as I was practicing silence, and, and what came to mind is just, I got such a busy first few months of this year, like so many things. And I felt the spirit of God just say to me, Simon, I've got this. I'm going to carry you through it. I'm going to help you. Oh, the peace that came to my soul, not doing anything, but sitting, simply sitting in silence. Maybe that's something you want to begin to practice. Maybe there are other things that you can do. But those are two real simple rhythms in everyday life for me, in practicing the presence of God. But you know, it's not just in me. Remember that the Spirit of God not only dwells in us as individuals, but dwells in us as a community. The, the, the church, the gathering of the people of God, the believers in Jesus is the new temple, is the dwelling place of God by His Spirit. And so it means that we need to be really intentional when we come together in practicing the presence of God. Like think about our services. Like if you're, you might have not have experienced church, a church service, right? But you're experiencing an online service right now we prioritize the presence of God we get together and we worship and we pray and we open the scriptures in all of those things we're wanting to grow upwards we're wanting to grow in our love for the Lord we're wanting to encounter the presence of God knowing that it's in that place we are changed we want to practice prayer together. Prayer is going to be important for us as a community this year. We're planning specific times. We're going to come together for corporate uh, prayer, times of focused um, prayer. We're going to make sure that, sure, there are so many challenges in our church, so many challenges in our lives, so many challenges in the world, but we're going to prioritize prayer. We're going to prioritize talking to God about that first before we complain about it with one another. And remember, these gatherings don't have to be big at all either, right? The, Jesus said, where two or three gathered, there I am among you. And so even our small groups, even our homes and our families and our flats and our friendships can be places where we come together and encounter God together. You know, life groups, we have a simple disciple-making framework. Um, upwards, we love the Lord. Inwards, we love one another. Outwards, we love the lost. And onwards, we multiply. And last year, we introduced our life group leaders to simple practices that help us as life groups do those things. And so you can expect to find that coming uh, through our life groups this year. But it means that a priority in our life groups is going to be upwards. We love the Lord, practicing prayer and worship and opening the scriptures together because we want to encounter the presence of God and have every other aspect of our lives and every other aspect of our church informed by and improved by and shaped by our encounter, our pursuit of the presence of God. I wonder what concerns you're carrying today. I wonder what priorities you have today. I wonder what problems you have today. I wonder what goals you have today. Can I suggest we make it a goal 
a priority, a concern to say above all else, on my own and with others, we will prioritize the presence of God. And so in that moment, just before we, we rush away from this moment or even just head on in this service, can I suggest we just take a moment together? And this might be new for you, this might be hard, but there are very other places in the world, maybe none, that are like this, where we just pause for a moment. And you might want to just close your eyes, you might want to open your hands, just sit comfortably and say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Let's just be silent and pray that prayer together right now. Come Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, we want to thank you so much for your presence in us, that the presence the psalmist ached for us for is a presence we never have to leave. And it's actually a greater presence because of Jesus and your spirit in our lives and your spirit among us as we gather. Lord, we are so grateful. And we pray that by your grace, you would enable us to pursue the presence of God. And I pray, Lord God, that so many challenges in our lives would be shaped by the presence of God. So many priorities that we have would come into line with you, that we would be a people that do this pilgrimage to the presence of God day in, day out, until that day where we get to see you face to face, be fully like you and be with you forever. Help us to be a people, Lord God, who practice your presence. We pray in your name.